Today on the show, we have Brian Davidson. His company is called MatchNode. It's a conversion-focused mar marketing agency, and he's had this company now for 10 years. So, Brian, we were just talking about starting over. Can you tell us what happened there? Sure. Like you said, we've been in business now for 10 years, and five years in, we had a, a team of four. We had a couple of really great clients. One was LendingTree that we loved working with. And our best employee left for another opportunity. We couldn't afford to basically match that opportunity. We looked around the room and we looked at the other person that we'd hired and realized she wasn't a good fit. So we stripped it down to just the two co-founders and we ran it that way basically for about three, four months before we actually ended up hiring an intern who turned into a strategist who's now a senior strategist on our team, who's just an absolute rock star with us. There's a lot of systems that we learned. And through that process, I realized that the biggest mistakes that we often made was because we had no system in place or even and once we had the systems in place, we realized we didn't have the right people on the right seat on the bus and our hiring process wasn't great. And when you really zoom out over the 10 years, the bigger mistakes that you make weren't necessarily very tactical. If you lost the client because your artwork wasn't good enough or your website didn't convert at a faster clip, when you really zoom out, these are people decisions and we're working with different people in different organizations and people within our organization that we're hiring. And the better we got at those processes over time, the more profitable and the more success we saw. So through these practices, you're now seeing more profit and success. Yeah, absolutely. Was there anything but, in particular that you made that like really stands out? We made these changes and then boom, it started kicking off for us. One of the biggest things was a change in our hiring process. Although we're still learning that we follow a really specific process from a book called who that we read and absolutely just loved. We take it's a, it's a much longer process. I used to think that referrals were kind of BS because they're just going to tell you to, to go talk to their friends. We realize what you need to do is go talk to their bosses, regardless of whether they want to or not. I've learned that the hesitation in a referral voice means a lot. And there's a lot of things that I used to, oh, that person's young. I got, we can wipe that on, under, under the rug. We got a lot more detailed in our hiring process. And I think that's made us a much, much stronger organization. Yeah, now we're running a system called Bloom Growth, a quarterly rocks planning, all these different pieces of the puzzle that, that the more we get dialed in into a process, the better the business has performed. Have you focused in on a particular industry over time? Initially, that's what everyone told us is you need to find a particular niche. That's how you scale. And so our first great client was Indiana University Alumni Association. That was my alma mater. We're like, this is great. We've got an awesome logo. Let's go target other alumni associations. And that's how we'll scale. Well, that didn't work. We tried all sorts of strange little niches. We tried credit unions at one point. We tried dentists at one point. And we were trying to find these little niches where we thought we might fit in or we thought we had a hook. At one point, we were trying to figure out how can we work with more Kickstarter companies because we had a, a really good client that came from Kickstarter, although ultimately failed. And we're trying to look at different industries. And what we ended up doing, and this was a key insight for us, is at the time, we were doing great work with LendingTree on their paid social team. And it was the first time that we were running really, really large budgets on Facebook in a very sophisticated way and in a very profitable way. And we realized how good we were at paid social in particular. And we looked at all the other agencies in Chicago and we realized that they grew up building websites, running large SEO projects or running Google AdWords campaigns. And we realized we were a little bit different and that Chris, my co-founder and I 
we're really into paid social. And that was really, we from the very first days of those Facebook desktop right-hand rail ads, we were in on it. And we branded our, our agency in that manner on paid social first and saying we have paid social in our DNA. And that was a big taking off moment. And that was the niche we have ultimately found ourselves in. We ended up actually expanding our services. We still run Google ads. We run organic content. We're on the other platforms like TikTok and Twitter, but we still really lead with Facebook and Instagram because we still really believe in terms of demand generation, that's where the outsized gains can be had. With the, the changes in access to Apple's data, what has that done with your approach? Sure. Well, it's changing. Just last week, Facebook announced that you no longer need to verify domains and the amount of events that are capable using for optimizing campaigns are going from eight to 20. So that's going to change a lot of things for our, some of our clients, particular ones that have to use third-party platforms. A lot of our restaurant clients that use a system like a Resi. In the past, we had to run either unsupported event campaign or optimize for something different on the client's website because they didn't own that domain and those third-party platforms weren't able to share that through or they didn't adapt to share that through. We ran into big problems with Ticketmaster and the Bulls and the Blackhawks early on and that Ticketmaster didn't share their domain with their teams. They forced them to try to use their agency. Well, about halfway through the first season, they threw in the towel. So there's all these changes that are happening and there's going to keep being changes. Of course, everyone saw a big hit right away. I think as both Facebook got better at dealing with the changes, more people used conversions API and basically the modeling definitely got better and people just adapted and started using third-party measurement platforms in a larger way. So I think most of the damage has been gone. Of course, when this occurred, there was also a huge run-up in CPM because it was the height of printing money. So a lot of VC companies were dumping all their money into Google, Facebook, and Amazon. So a lot of things were colliding when those privacy changes happened. And I think we're largely behind the storm. And I think they're going to keep changing in a positive way for advertisers. Is there any particular platform that you really like right now for performance other than the Facebook, Instagram? I would still say Facebook, Instagram, particularly yeah. on the technical side. I love the different things that they're doing with conversions API. I got a great deck from them this last week on how they're advancing their leads product. They're going to have a new lead ad where you start your lead on Facebook and you end it on the website as a way to get more signal because that first signal is within the Facebook platform. Some other things that are coming to alpha that I think are, are really, really cool. Conversion leads, I think are really powerful. They're tinkering more and more with their shops and forcing people to enable in-platform checkout if you're going to use a shop. So I think it's going to keep evolving in a really interesting way. To answer your question directly, it's TikTok. Initially, getting conversions on TikTok was really, really hard. And we're starting to see the e-commerce wave and we're starting to see positive ROI on the platform. I don't know how long the platform will be here. That's probably a different conversation. But right now, we're starting to see those gains. And then... You know, looking out into the future, I'm really hopeful that Elon Musk can solve the disaster that is Twitter advertising. It really should be a powerful place for at least niche specific advertisers. It's insane to me how much we struggle for the Chicago Bulls on Twitter, knowing just NBA Twitter being just a big, big, big thing and not being able to target with a good conversion that there has been an issue. Yeah, you would think he's going to get that cleaned up soon. 
I would think. I would think. I think he's smart enough to pull it off. What would your advice be to new entrepreneurs who are just starting out? It's a good question. One, I would look for other entrepreneurs that you can learn from. Two, I would try to get really clear on where you want to be 10, 20, 30 years from now. The more I got this advice from my professor and it's, it applies to entrepreneurs, but it also really applies to everyone. If you're really, really clear about where you want to be 30 years from now and have that picture in your head, when these decisions come along the way, you'll naturally make the decision to optimize in that direction. Like for Matchnode, we chose very specifically not to take VC money at any time. And we just wanted to grow organically. And that was a big byproduct of Chris and I's vision, as well as our past and coming from businesses that weren't very profitable. So we were profitable on day zero when we were at a Pearl Jam concert and decided we should start an agency the next day. We brought along a couple freelance clients and we paid ourselves when we could, but we never got ahead of our skis. And that was really important to us as co-founders. But of course, other people are different. Like maybe if we wanted to grow to be a 200 person, $100 million agency in five years, we would have taken that VC money. There's all sorts of different routes you can go. But I think getting clear on that end point is really, really important. Have you defined your clear end point? We have, we have. I've got my personal one in my head. We've got our 10-year plan for Matchnode. It hasn't always hit that plan. We've, advised, we've revised that plan over time. We've thought about different angles where we could potentially expand our services. Like we expanded into organic content for the first time in 2023. That was never on our roadmap for years and years and years. And we realized with the rise of TikTok, the rise of Reels, and the importance of being able to work with different types of businesses in different ways, we realized it was really important for us to scale in that way. So yeah, we have a plan, but it's changing. So with like the organic stuff, do you create that content for them? Usually what happens is we ingest all their assets and then we remix in different ways. So they would pass along something like a podcast and we'd chop it up five different ways and put different graphics on it. What we really start with is a content marketing plan and a theme statement of where your content, how your content really should be perceived and positioned in, in the marketplace. And that positioning statement is really, really important to understand what type of content is being produced, the frequency, the length, and how it informs other decisions within the business. So Brian, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out to you or your company for your services, how could they do so? Pretty simple. Just come to matchnode.com, M-A-T-C-H-N-O-D-E.com. Well, thank you, Ryan, for being on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design and Development. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.